Welcome back to the Shardbreaker podcast. I am your host, Midnight, and I am here with Mythic. Hello. And Darkness. Hello. And this week we had read chapters 22 through 27. Six whole chapters. Very exciting. Lots and lots of stuff happened. Wait, wait. We we weren't supposed to stop at 26? Oh no, I gotta go read a chapter. (laughs) Uh... So, yeah, so we got two chapters for every character this time, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and, and, and a single chapter with, like, multiple characters. Well, we had a single chapter where it went uh, to Rowden for, like, a couple paragraphs and then back to Serene during her chapter. But yes. Which means spirit? Sorry, spirit. Lord Spirit. Yes, you were correct. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, no Rowden in this, in this book. <laughs> so, yeah, so chapter 22, uh, because it's a Rowden chapter, we got a new Aeon, which was Aeon Dao. The start of uh, the chapter, which means stability and security. Uh, and then, yeah, so we, we start with Rowden uh, and Galadon sneaking through the streets of Elantris. Uh, Gal- uh, Galadon quickly warns Rowden of a man attacking him, which Rowden just barely avoids. And Galadon then smacks the man with a board in the face and then hits him in the head with a cobblestone, causing the man to not rise again. And they note that Shor's men have been getting more and more bestial lately. Uh, and then we learned that Rowden had convinced Galadon to try to sneak into Shore's territory to speak to Shower. They eventually see the bank, which Galadon states he feels is the most likely place for Shower to have his base, as it's quite defensible. Uh, and so yeah, they sneak in and are shocked to see a young girl with long blonde hair and a pink dress screaming at the top of her lungs for food. And as soon as she sees Rowden, she shouts for the men to kill him. So yeah. What were your thoughts on Shower? Yeah. I mean, like, I expected, like, difficulties, right? Yeah. But not a child, you know? Some little girl who's just screaming. What about you, Mythic? I mean, I didn't expect it to be a child either, but I did expect them to be like, kill him. Yeah. Murder um, him. <laughs> yeah, she's like, kill them. This little girl. It's uh, midnight. Wow. Agree. Probably about as, as tall, too. I would never wear pink. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. Uh, so once Rowden and Galadon have escaped the bank, Rowden explains that he knows the girl as Lord Telry's daughter. That's a bit of a shock. So that's the guy that's working with uh, Harathan and wants to be the next king. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, and... Yeah, you didn't, put that, you didn't put that together, <laughs> did you, Darkness? No, I don't remember his name. Yeah, I... Later on in the, later on in the I, chapter, I, I, he's I, like... I, yeah, I only put it together after, later, when it uh, comes up again. Yeah, when he comes... The thing is, when he comes up again, I still don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a lot of different noble names, which is why I like to sometimes point out, like, oh, this guy's this person, remember? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, this is, this is the, the daughter of the guy who likes to flaunt his wealth, and uh, Harathan is trying to make the next king. Uh, so apparently she never grew hair as a child, so she had a, they, her dad had a wig made for her, and apparently they didn't take it from her when she went into Elantris, and so she's apparently been in Elantris for two years, uh, and the Elantrians that had joined her, Radin says they, they seem to treat her like a god. They're, I think they were, like, bowing to her and stuff, and so he says she they like, god. yeah, so they're like, oh, they must, uh, see that she, she has, has hair. hair. Yeah, she has hair, she's a god. Yeah. Well, I mean, in Elantris, it's pretty fucking, pretty fucking unique to have hair. Yeah, I know, right? Like the mustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, did you have any thoughts about the fact that they kind of, like, went back to this, as Rowden says, like, simplistic religion 
type thing where they were just worshipping this girl. I mean, everything seems pretty simple about them, so... Do you have any thoughts, Darkness? Uh, just like, I mean, I don't see why they would think she's a god, but like, maybe it's just like something to focus on. Yeah, I think it... I don't remember if it's this chapter or one of the other chapters, but Routing kind of says, like, these men have kind of, like, reverted to more primitive states to kind of combat the pain, unlike his people, where they're kind of, like, focusing on, like, working in trying to be more, like, normal to, to less focus on the pain. So it's just different ways of coping. There, they are focusing that way, like, Routing's people, because of Routing, so. Yeah. Yeah, true. It's like, there's not much of a difference there, besides the fact that one of them has hair, you know? <laughs> and also, like, the, the, like, mindset, like, as, as they said, the guys are kind of more like animals that follow Shower. Mm. I'm also curious where the name Shower came from. <laughs> like, who named her that? Someone who doesn't really understand how to name children. <laughs> well, no, I don't, I think Rowden says it's not her real name. It's not, uh, he said it was, he said it was something. Huh? He, he said but... he didn't remember her name because it had been a couple of years. Um, yeah, but he, but he had, like, an idea, like, yeah, of, what, like uh, of what, um... Was it Aeon? I don't know what it started with. He says it was based on Aeon soy. So like soy yeah. or something like that. Soy sauce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so she's soy sauce. Soy sauce. Yeah, I soy sauce. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, so they'd been talking and then Rowden was leaning against, or like, sorry, gripping a marble wall, which apparently just like pretty much instantly crumbles in his hands. Uh, and he says he notes that it seems like the absence of door has left the city like a hollow shell the stone being weakened from the lack of door that had been infusing it for so long. Uh, did you have any thoughts about how the like even marble is like crumbling away in Atlantis after only ten years? No, I don't remember that to be honest. Well, if it was like reinforced by their magic, then it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Because yeah. most things wouldn't need upkeeping if they have that like you know like potential to just like apparently like keep stuff going with just their magic. Mm-hmm. So. If that's gone, then obviously it's all going to go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then his conversation with Galadon is interrupted by Maresh, saying they've been invaded by a princess. Uh, and then we skipped Rowden and Galadon on a rooftop. They'd made it into an observation platform to watch the gate for newcomers originally. And they see Serene and several nobles with a horse-drawn cart. Rowden notes how beautiful she is and points out who she and the men are to Galadon, although Galadon does know of Shudin as apparently his trade routes go through Duladel. Uh, and Serene then reveals that the cart is full of food. Uh, Galadon instantly looks hungrily at the pile of food, and Rowden explains how this could, uh, this is trouble, as once the Widow's Trial is over, people will be focused on their hunger again, and it could cause everything they've worked for to go to waste. He also worries about what might happen if one of Shore's men kills one of the nobles. Uh, so, I mean, we kind of know how her widow tri Widow's Trial is going throughout these chapters, but what do you think might happen once the Widow Trial is over? Um, so I was thinking... There's, like, two main possibilities in my head. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people that we eventually learned have left, you know, Radin and his group, mm -hmm. um, are going to try and rush back. Or it's just going to be utter chaos where there's, like, even more fighting because, you know, they got used to the food. Mm. So you think they're, they're so. one of the possibilities is that their hunger is going to get way worse because they were used to being fed? Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Is that your thought then, Mythic, as well? Yeah, I mean... Cause, I definitely think they're. I think the people that they're holding at bay are the moment are going to somehow get through. Because um, the reason I'm also thinking about the first option that I said, where they all come back, is like, you no, know, no, it it would be like just even more interesting. Because um, I feel like even more people than what left would be coming back to them. You know, 
Oh, so you you think it might actually be beneficial and more people? Yeah, like should... that's what I was trying to say. It's because I had I was gonna say it, but like, uh, I have like blanked real quick. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's gonna work in their favor, and they're not gonna have expected that because Rodden really thinks it's gonna go like bad. Yeah, he's 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 concerned for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they then go down to meet with Maresh, and they hear Serenity shout that she wants to meet with the gang leaders. Uh, he says he needs Karata, uh, and then he wants Maresh to pretend to be Andon. He also asks for Shaolin and his guards to keep an eye out for Shower's men. Uh, and then we move to chapter 23, which is Serene's point of view. Uh, and it's noted that Iandel and Shudin had insisted on going with her uh, to meet with the gang leaders, and that Iandel has a sword with him. Uh, Rowden is leading them through the city, although they don't know it's him. Uh, and then they reach the university. So Serenity is a bit nervous about going in as the building looks on the verge of collapse, but she enters anyways. Um, and considering what we knew that Tan did to the structural support of the roof here, were you expecting something to happen with them all in there? The ceiling falls in and they all die. Woo-hoo. You know, I took a, I took a, like, you know, I took that in, right, into account. Mm-hmm. And then I just completely glossed over it. After. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. Everything's fine. My thoughts were like, why are they using the university building? This seems like a horrible idea. I feel like someone's going to lean against a pillar the wrong way and the whole thing's going to collapse. That'd be great. Everybody dies. Woo. <laughs> uh, so Serena meets Karata and Maresh, who is pretending to be Andon. They claim they formed an alliance and that they killed Shore. Serena has been ready to speak to leaders separately, but changes her plans as they're now allied. She bluntly says she wants to bribe them and asks what it will take for them to allow her to feed the people of Elantris freely. Uh, so Kreta has a list of demands, uh, which include cloth, various grains, worked metal sheets, length of wood, straw, and oil, all of which Shudin writes down for Serene. And Serene asks if this is all, and Kreta says it's all for the first few days. She then makes Kreta promise that they won't keep anyone back. Um, did you have any notes about Kreta's demands there, or no? Uh... No, but I find it funny that she says, don't keep anybody back. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I was just wondering what would happen if, like, <laughs> if they decide, you know what? I want livestock. <laughs> and that gets, uh, gets brought into the city, and then everybody's just staring at it, like, hungry. But... I don't feel like the livestock would... It'd be very hard to protect the livestock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, like, I feel like it would be more dangerous than the vegetables and stuff, because, like, what, if you have, like, a chicken, what if the chicken, like, pecks you? Then you have to feel that peck for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, God. Nah, they need to get horses so they have they can be cavaliers. Oh, yeah, because falling off a horse wouldn't just be horrible. <laughs> well, don't fall off. The horse is just slipping and sliding all over the grime-covered streets. Yep. Uh, so we then briefly get Rowden's point of view. Maresh asks if he did well, and Rowden says he did perfectly. Rowden and Kreta kind of share a look when Maresh says he had tried to be a decisive and intimidating leader. Because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. apparently he, he was not. Uh, and Galadon notes that Serene suspects something and asks why they didn't bring Serene to new Elantris. Rowden says that he can't let people outside Elantris know of their new society, as they're only left alone because people pity them. Rowden ends his section... Uh, Saying, stating that he wants to keep an eye on Serene and be at all her distributions. Uh, so do you think Radin should have let Serene know what was going on, or is Radin correct to keep it a secret? Oh, he's correct. I think he's correct. It would be very stupid to uh, let them know your plans, because, I mean, I feel like they're going to overthrow the government at some point. What do you think, Darkness? Or, yeah, you know, at least create their own government. Mm-hmm. 
Did I misunderstand the question? Can you repeat it? Uh, do you think Rowden should have let Serene know about what is going on, or is Rowden correct to keep, uh, like, New Elantris a secret? Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I don't think it would have harmed him, to be honest. Well, I think his biggest concern is it getting out about New Elantris, because he's worried yeah. that, like, there people are going to come attack them. Like, if Iodon and, like, all sorts of other people hear about it, they're going to be like, uh, right now they're like, oh, they're these, like, pitiful, like, wretches in the street. But if they're, like, creating a society, they're going to be like, what if they try and fight back against us? What if, like, that's what Rowden's worries are. Yeah, I was thinking more of, like, the tell Serene always. Yeah, I think, he'd, I think if he did tell her, he'd have to trust that her, and I guess Ian Dell and Shudan, would keep it a secret. Yeah. Although he does know at least the, the nobles and stuff. It's like, I guess, he, does he trust them enough <laughs> that they wouldn't uh, say anything, right? And let it get out. I mean, I feel like he just, he, he could if he just told them that he was about him. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I mean, they definitely love that man. Like, yeah. all, the, all he has to do is prove he's routed, and they probably would do whatever the heck he wanted. Well, I think also, though, I think he brings up in maybe his other chapter or something that he's, like, worried about what they would do for him if they found he was routing. he's like, mm -hmm. I don't want them to rebel, and then again, people like Iodon and, like, his guards and everything to come and try and take over Elantris, because he's going to worry about, like, people coming to me. Lots of things going on in Rowden's head. Yep, for good reason, too. <laughs> Even if his brain doesn't work. <laughs> uh, so we then move back to Serenity's point of view, and she mentions how she doesn't like working with the gang leaders based on what she's heard about them from the city guards. Shudan seems to be giving the leaders the benefit of the doubt, saying they look just as bad as the rest of the Elantrians. They then begin unloading the cart of all the boxes of food. Royal, however, doesn't, as he apparently had fallen uh, one morning and been walking with a limp. Uh, and after a bit, Serene noticed that Spirit had joined them and was also unloading boxes. At one point, Serene slips and Spirit catches her, warning her it takes practice to walk in Elantris. Uh, the Elantrians then stay on the perimeter of the area at first until Rowden takes a bite of a turnip, and then they surge forward to get food. Serene notices that he seems just as ravenous as the rest of the Elantrians. During them handing out the food, she also realizes that Spirit is likely one of the leaders of the gangs. Uh, what do you think about Serene realizing so quickly that Spirit is one of the leaders? I mean, we already know she's a smart cookie, so... I don't... You know, to be fair, after all these chapters, I really... Like, my view on her kind of went down. Oh, really? Uh, because of a little later. <laughs> mm. I'll explain. Okay, you can wow. explain later. Okay. Um, so we then skip to Serene and Ash alone. She speaks about how she thinks Spirit is one of the leaders and wants Ash to go back into Elantris to try and learn more. Apparently, Ash hadn't tried talking to the Elantrians lately, as they wouldn't do much talking, and the guards had been much more free with information. Serene then thinks to herself Spirit had seemed genuine, and that it had been hard to keep remembering that he was a tyrant and murderer. She notes that he had seemed concerned about what she thought of him, and she insists in her own mind that she doesn't care what he thinks of her. Um, do you have any thoughts about Serene being so quick to like be trustful of Spirit, even though she doesn't feel like she should be? He's routing, so I mean, she should trust him. Maybe he, like subconsciously reminds her of him so yeah that was always kind of my thoughts is that she i think subconsciously is just like this guy seems trustworthy because of all her conversations with rowden she's just not really putting it together why she trusts him uh, and then we have chapter 24 where we move on to harathan's point of view he's watching serene hand out food to the elantrians from up on the wall uh there are lots of others up on the wall as well who are watching with disappointment as harathan's devils patiently get their food and don't attack anyone eventually people begin to go down the wall and harathan does as well uh do you think this is gonna really affect uh harathan's plans with all the people being so disappointed that the elantrians aren't yeah. so evil and devilish 
I don't know. After his eight-hour stint, we'll find out. I I think it's already starting to like affect it, and he's seeing it. So. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely not the worst thing that uh, she's doing against him, but yeah, she's really fucking all like his was, plants. Yeah, I feel like he was a little naive in the thought process. I think Karathin's just a lot of naive in everything, to be honest. I mean, he seemed pretty smart originally, but. Definitely I think it's more he got, like, thing. complacent. He's, like, had such an easy time, obviously, converting a bunch of other countries. Yeah, and then here comes this little girl to fix, or to ruin all of your plans. Not only that, he's having a difficult time with Dilof, so... Yeah, I think Dilof is also, like, getting to him a lot, so he's, like, his... He, he's oh, not I forgot been able about Olaf. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I think he's not been able to focus on one thing or another. He's been, like, kind of split between the two, where it's, like... I need to focus on Dilaf, I need to focus on Serena, I need to focus on, like, my timeline. <laughs> and also that one motherfucker who was like, you sure you believe in this? Yeah, Omen. Yeah. He's, he's, his mind's caught up in a whole bunch of different stuff, and I think it's, he's just not been able to, like, really I think he focus. Needs to sit down, and here's where the therapy starts in this kingdom, you know? <laughs> I think he needs to sit down and pray. Yeah, I mean, he does that later. <laughs> I know. Um, so once Harathan is back down into the streets, Lord Tellery comes up to Harathan in a carriage. Harathan gets in the carriage, and they begin to s- discuss Serenae's widow's trial. Harathan tells Tellery not to worry about it, and that they can focus on Iodon and his lack of trading outside of Teod. I mean, we know later is not going great either. Uh, he also says he can get Tellery a lucrative contract with the East. Tellery then makes Harathan walk the rest of the way to the chapel, which annoys Harathan. He's like, you should respect me more, fuck you. <laughs> Um, so do you think these lucrative trading deals may get Telri ahead of Iodon at some point? Like, we know that, obviously, based on further chapters, that Iodon is doing okay, but do you think these trading deals might somehow be able to pull Telri ahead again? Mm, possibly. I don't think so. I think he's gonna, like, try his hardest and fail and, like, piss off Rathen. Try your best, but you don't <laughs> succeed. Uh, so when he gets back to the chapel, he hears some priests speaking with Dilaf about the number of conversions to the church. Dilaf says that just after the pirate Driok Crushthroat attacked, conversions had surged as well. This causes Harathan to realize that Dilaf is much older than he looks, which Harathan had originally assumed the man's age to be around 25. Uh, he also notes that he's struggling to get ahead of Arteth and is sure Dilaf is the reason. So I was just curious, how, how old did you guys think Dilaf was? Thousands of years. I thought he was in his, like, his early 20s. I don't know why. Maybe it was just from me, like, subconsciously remembering this part, but, like, I had forgotten that he, like, was supposed to look a lot younger, and I had always pictured him as, like, 30s or 40s at least. I don't know if that's just me, like, remembering that he's actually older than he is, or if I just, for some reason, he just gives me the vibes of an older person. It's because I see him as, like, well, I used to see him when he got first introduced. Mm-hmm. as like a sort of like naive like follower so i think that just kind of stuck to me that's fair yeah that's apparently how we were supposed to think of him like you thought <laughs> darkness where he was supposed to be like young and then yeah we learned that he's actually just like one of those people who like apparently looks young until they like turn 80 and then they're suddenly like five thousand years old looking <laughs> do you think he's like quite old mythic i mean i i did i think he's extremely old do you think he's older than Harathan? What if he's Harathan? an original Elantri? Oh, what'd you say? I said, do you think he's older than Harathan? Mm, I don't know, that man's pretty old. I think Harathan's supposed to be in his 40s. Yeah, he's old. Uh, <laughs> super old. I don't know. No, probably not. Mm. I'd say like mid-30s. Or, uh, 
yeah, mid mid to late thirties. Uh, so Harathan thinks about the fact that Diloth had mentioned how his converts had come to, with him to Kai, to Kay, sorry, and wonders how long ago that was and how much influence Diloth has gained over the years. He then thinks that he can face outside forces like Diloth and Serene, but worries about the inside forces. He pulls out an old journal and reviews it, and in his head hears Omen questioning his faith. Uh, he notes that he'd begun thinking of his sermons and preaching as logical challenges instead of a spiritual quest. He notes that his younger, the younger Harathan had a burning flame of spirituality, whereas now it's just a comforting warmth. He wonders if he was converting Aralon for the challenge or to save the people. He also wonders if Diloph is right for trying to oust him, and if Diloph would be a better person to convert Aralon. Uh, so I had a couple questions here. The first one was, are you surprised Harathan is questioning his faith? No, not at all. So I feel like after the end of last chapter, you guys didn't think he was going to, or at least one of you didn't think he was going to question his faith much. Um, and the second question was, do you think he is correct that based on what his goals are and not what's good for the people of Aralon, but do you think he's correct that Diloph would make a better leader in terms of Rathen's quest? Yeah. In terms of like following the religion, probably. Yeah, in terms of the whole like, Wern says you must convert these people type thing, like ASAP. I don't think he'd be good for the uh, people of Aralon for Diloph to be in charge, but... No, <laughs> but as for the... You know, the religion-wise, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we move to chapter 25, and we get a new Aeon again, because it's Radin's chapter, and we got Aeon Alla, meaning beauty and handsomeness. Uh, so it's about a week later, and Terena, which is Ahan's daughter, was helping distribute the food today and was apparently the only woman who agreed to come help so far, and only because Shudin would be there. Radin notes that Serene has softened towards him but still acts cold, not wanting to be too friendly. Uh, and Rowden also notes how much it hurts to see his friends and them not know who he is and not being able to properly talk to them. He isn't surprised they don't recognize him, though, considering his physical changes and his attempts to change his mannerisms as much as possible. Uh, he notes that he gravitates towards Serene partially to keep his identity hidden, but also because he was curious how they would have gotten along. He notes that he does really like her. Uh, he likes her strong-willed personality and respects the way the nobles defer to her. Uh, so did you have any thoughts She's about how well... Smart. Yeah, did you have any thoughts about them getting along? I mean, wait, him and Serene? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I figured they talked all the time. They probably get along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, like, he's saying, like, even without, like, the political side of it now. Because mm-hmm. I, I guess he was kind of like, we were both probably being quite polite and maybe not have been our full selves because we knew it had to work. But even in this situation, it's like, they seem like a good match. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they definitely seem like a good match. I think it also notes at one point that he's slightly taller than her, which I think she would really like, because she's always like, oh, I'm so fucking tall. <laughs> How tall is he? What the fuck? She's a tall woman, okay? That's why Midnight tries to be her. Do you know, uh, how, do you know how... I don't know if they give an actual height. I'm assuming she's probably around six feet, so he's probably like a bit over six feet at the very least. That's crazy. I forgot tall people like that exist. Like that, okay. Because <laughs> you guys are both short, so... Yeah, I don't think First they ever all, have, like, proper heights. I'm, like, perfect height. Uh-huh, for what? <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, maybe for that, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any sort of actual height that they yeah. give. But yeah, so Rowden then also notes that Lord Tellery is there, although he has a manservant doing the work for him, and he just kind of is watching, so he's like, I'm not fucking lifting a hand. Uh, and a 
Rowden also notes that in the past he had tried to get Lord Tellery's support, I guess, to join like that that group of nobles he had been uh, pitting against Iodon, but uh, Tellery had just asked how much Rowden had been willing to pay for his support, and Rowden had just kind of stalked off, being like, fuck you, dude. Because <laughs> Tellery's all about the money. Yeah, fuck you, I pay you nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Rowden then goes around and shakes hands with all the no- new nobles that were visiting Elantris for the first time. Uh, seeing a fairly normal Elantrian seemed to ease their nerves, and they began to help instead of just standing frozen. Thinks about how odd it is to be participating in something that is destroying what he was working toward. But they do need the supplies that Serene is providing. Uh, mm-hmm. Desperately they, need the supplies. They, yeah, they do, because everything's fucking rotted and broken in Elantris. There's, o- there's only so much you can do with grime and rotted wood and stone. Um, so he gets a sudden wave of pain striking him, and Rowden notes that his pain has been accelerating faster than anyone else's. He felt like he'd been in Elantris for a year instead of a month. He then also wonders if maybe he actually has the same amount of pain as everyone else, but he's just weaker. Uh, did you have any thoughts about this? Do you think the pain is stronger for Rowden, or is he just, like, has very less pain tolerance? I think it's the amount of fucking times he's tried to use that magic. You think the magic yeah. is causing his pain? Because I think it's, like, jump-starting. Like, it's trying to, like, you know work and so it's like using like a minimal amount of you know like of what it's like you know igniting that mm. which is what i think is helping keep away the pain but yeah because he does state later that doing the aeons like helps him helps distract him from the pain but do you think mm. you think it's like also somehow like maybe when he's not doing them it's causing the pain to feel worse yeah. possible and you said you also kind of thought it was because of the aeons mythic? well i mean i think it's just him in general but could be possibly. Yeah, I mean, I don't, that's not where really what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking like he's weak. It was more of just like, I feel like he's different. He also says how like... it's weird that it comes in waves to him when everyone else just says it's just like a consistent yeah. pain. Mm-hmm. Like they don't get these like sudden waves of it. And yeah, then I, f- I feel like he's, he's just he's just different. Mm-hmm. Special. Yeah, <laughs> special. Yeah, he sits on that short bus. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, so Rodin pushes away his pain and focuses on giving out sacks of food to the Elantrians, which contain uh, Jidonese sour melon, which apparently aren't supposed to be ripe yet, but somehow they'd they'd gotten some, uh, some steamed corn, various vegetables, and a small loaf of bread. It's also noted that members of Rodin's crew would secretly be handed bags five times the size so that they could try and feed the Hoed to see if that helped them recover more. Uh, so do you think the Hoed will begin to recover more as they are given food? Because we already know that they're kind of being a bit more, like, at least quiet as they're spoken to each day. Like, they seem to be less, less horrible. <laughs> I don't know how to word it. With people visiting them frequently. So do you think the food will eventually work for them? One can only hope. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think it's something else that's going to happen, mm. which yeah. we'll get into later. If I think I they're going. I think they're going to ascend into godhood. <laughs> I, you know, I have something like that in mind, but not <laughs> them ascending into godhood. We're like, we're like, uh, Rod and finding a way to like to sac- wait to sacrifice them and turn into godhood. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, sure. Well, yeah. we'll we'll get. I'm I I I'm sure I know exactly the point you guys are gonna want to talk mm-hmm. about these sorts of things. So we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there later. Yeah. We're gonna sacrifice. We shall put them into the water and sacrifice them <laughs> into the lake. That's not no, really the much water. Lake. <laughs> the um, kiddie pool. We're gonna put them in the kiddie pool. <laughs> the kiddie pool. Um, I would have laughed if. Never mind. <laughs> I will save it for the chapter. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's this chapter is just later in this chapter. Um, but yeah, so we then skip to the group of nobles, uh, leaving. Rowden asks if Galadon and Maresh had thought of a better way to transport the supplies they'd be given. 
Apparently the last few times they'd had to carry the boxes one at a time to New Elantris, which had been hard on their weakened muscles. This time Resh has a metal sheet made into a sled and greased on the bottom. The sled works fairly well until the grease begins to wear off, and they get to New Elantris where the streets aren't coated in grime. Uh, Galadon even says Maresh finally did something useful, and Maresh seems proud uh, that because now Galadon never compliments him. Uh, so my little question here is just, are you, are you happy to see Galadon seeming to get along with someone other than Rowden for once? I mean, that's a, that's a that's an odd statement, because I don't feel like he's getting along with him. I think he's placating him. I was going to say, I don't think they're getting along like that, you know? I don't know. I, I, I kind of felt like it was them getting along. I was kind of just like, oh, Galadon's actually giving... The pessimistic Galadon's finally, like, giving someone a compliment. Uh, I found it sweet. Galadon's hmm. breaking out of his shell a little bit. He talks to Karata. He complimented Maresh, kind of. Things are going well for him. <laughs> Anyways, you, you guys can disagree. That was just my thought on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's just a random thought I had I was like oh Galadon's getting along with someone <laughs> anyway so they open up one of the boxes which apparently has a bunch of garish orange cloth apparently Serene had been constantly doing her best to fuck with their demands and they had been trying to word the requests in a way that she couldn't mess with in another box which a bunch of bent nails as they had asked for their steel and weight since last time they had asked for sheets and it had been pounded so thin it basically floated is how they described it uh, also given to them this time was stale food, pungent smelling oil, and handleless knives. Apparently she hadn't figured out yet that they needed the wood from the crates, though, and hadn't done anything to those. So, what do you, what do you think about this game that Serena is playing with the gang leaders? That, that Loki made me a little upset. Like, I know it's supposed to be like, you know, I'm gonna fuck with these people, cause, yeah, right? Well, she thinks they're, like, like, horrible people that are keeping things from all the other people, and they're, like, tyrants. She's I mean, like, they are, though. They're tyrants. Evil dictators. Obviously, they're making everyone starve while they live in luxury. Yeah, uh-huh. Luxury. Which is actually not that far off, to be honest. I mean, they no, invited I mean, everyone they the who nice, wants to join. They got the nice place, no grime covered. Oh, they're making food soon. They got a closet full of bodies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got a hall of bodies. They, they, they got a kid. They got a kiddie pool. <laughs> they just discovered the kiddie pool. Yeah, they still got it. New addition. Anyway, so Rowden no uh, notes how before Serenity had begun bringing food, they had over a hundred people living in New Atlantis, and now they only had about twenty, not counting children and the Hoed. Most of the people who had stayed were the people they had rescued, as they didn't really know anything else. Uh, he then wonders if Serene realizes that the Elantrians consume the food within minutes of receiving it instead of using it for the three meals as expected, then just wait until she returns and do, do uh, they do nothing else. Apparently Rowden had worried that their stomachs would explode, but apparently once they get full enough, their digestive systems begin working again. Um, so are, are you surprised that so many of the new Elantrians left and just became like kind of like normal Elantrians again? You think they shit? You think they shit? Yeah, they def if their digestive systems are working, they definitely shit. Wait, so it starts working, which means, like, they're not completely dead then. Well, I mean, just, like, their muscles still work if they're, if they're used. Like, they can move around and stuff. Well, I mean, <laughs> for that to work, it takes more than just muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, well, he was comparing it to the muscles. He's like, if, if you're using them, they will work. And so if you, your stomach gets full, your digestive system will start to work. But yeah, at least their stomachs don't explode. Okay, then what if you inject water into one of their veins? Just, like... These are all experiments we need to have. <laughs> yeah. Mythic the Mad Scientist is back. 
We need to go to Atlantis, and we just need to dissect these people. Oh my gosh. I'm sure D-Laf would love to do that. Yeah. I'll get him on board. Well, he's gonna kill him. This is not even, like, a question of, like, being evil against him or, like, rude or, like, anything like that. It's just, like, you gotta know how it works, you know? Yeah, exactly. And if I get D-Laf to come, you know, mutilate the corpse a little bit, you know, I can figure out some things off of that. And he gets his mutilization, you know, win-win. Because then we have hosts to work with as well, you know? Yeah, we got all them hoes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I got hoes in this court. I got hoes in this court. Uh, So they then run into Muresh, who's scrubbing away with a brush he'd gotten. Uh, And he doesn't notice that he no longer has assistance. He's just just happy to do his cleaning thing. Uh, So he glances at them and chastises them for not changing into the new outfits Mare had made them. Uh, And then we skip to them being dressed in their ridiculously covered outfits. I think they're like weirdly striped in all sorts of like clashing colors. And (laughs) just just a mess. Um, But they're at least clean. They're clean and newish. They're not like their grime-covered, tattered Elantrian clothes. It comes from, um, uh-oh. Hmm? I forgot the name of that one city we read about. Which one? Taldor. The last book. <laughs> oh, in the last book? Uh, Tetelier? Yeah, yeah, it comes from there. Taldor. All the bright colors. Um, yeah. Yeah, from Taldor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they're at least clean, though. Uh, and then they head over to the Hall of the Fallen and see Karata sewing up a large gash in Saolin's arm. Someone explains how he tripped and that he got attacked by one of Shower's men. And his sword, and his sword carrying arm. Yeah, specifically his sword carrying arm is, is not great. No, because when this happened, I almost cried. I know. He's like, what were... are my favorite characters? What? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Last episode, you were like, Sal is my favorite. And this episode, it's like, yeah, he's injured. Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty mortally injured. He'll never fight again. He's going to die he, soon. He is going to die. I can feel it. Yeah, maybe the kiddie pool will heal him, though. The kiddie pool's going to. Me. <laughs> anyway, so apparently Silent and his men had been keeping Shara's men from attacking the nobles each day when Serene and them come to distribute the food uh, and apparently Silent also lost another man and mentions how Shara's men had been taking the swords of the fallen soldiers and using them so what do you think is going to happen if Silent and his guards keep getting injured like this well the people will break through the lines and then Serene will get attacked and then somebody will have an issue with that it's, there'll be a war so, and so and then we're going to have to break die. the war Fasher will show up. Gonna die. And then I'm <laughs> gonna, we're going to need a warbreaker. Go ahead, Darkness. Yes. I think he was saying Sawalan's going to die and he's going to be upset. Oh, well, yeah. Can't be as upset as I was about Lightsong. And then, and then, and then, and then Rowden's going to be a widow, and then, and then, um, you know. Rowden's going to be the widow instead of Serene being the widow. Mm-hmm. Now they can be widows together. <laughs> widows together. <laughs> Uh, so Rowden wonders if there is a way to get through to Shower's men, since they don't seem completely like beasts if they're using... Oh, wait. Oh, I, I completely missed a line where I was saying that, uh, Silent, uh, Shower's men had been taking the swords of the fallen soldiers and using them. Uh, so Rowden wonders if there's a way to get through to Shower's men, since they don't seem completely like beasts if they're using swords, but says, uh, no to the idea of letting them into the courtyard for the city guard to deal with. He says he feels like Serene needs to acclimatize nobles to Elantris for some reason, can't let Shore's men through to attack them because of this. He tried to probe for information, but she won't give him anything. Uh, we then skip to Rowden practicing drawing Aeontia, uh, and Galadon had apparently stopped questioning him on this, and Rowden found that the process of practicing helped keep him distracted from his pain. Rowden then asks Galadon about the crops, which apparently are wilting slightly, but Galadon says they'll live. 
Uh, apparently, like, all his workers are gone, so he's been having to, like, carry a bunch of buckets of water using a leaking bucket to and from the well. Uh, and Galon says he needs fertilizer, but Browden kind of says no to a bunch of options and suggests fish, uh, because asking for the fertilizer would be too obvious that they're growing stuff. Why don't they ask for a bucket? I think they did. I think the leaking bucket is from Serene. Oh. Because she's been fucking yeah, with because, her stuff. Because, yeah, because Serene... You gotta look at it this way, though, right? She's gotta go back and get this approved, most likely, to be like, here, here's stuff. And who's gonna just hand the Elantrian shit? Yeah. Like, what if, what if it's not actually, like, her playing games or, like, her getting approved shit? It, what if it's like, oh, fuck, I'm broke, and I, yeah, I need this shit on sale? <laughs> I, I mean, I think they say at one point, like, uh, uh, Serenity's like, oh yeah, Rowden thinks it's funny that, like, uh, I seem to be getting all this garish clothing on discount or something. He's like, he must be saving great money. I'm sure these aren't these claws are selling well. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, she, uh, maybe she's just trying to conserve money. She's like, okay, well, let's uh, take this broken bucket that no one wants from the trash, and we'll buy the discounted yeah, it's cloth. Just, <laughs> we'll, it's just the slaves in Elantris. We don't have to worry about that. We'll, we'll take all these bent nails that no one wants. <laughs> They're not. They're not bad because, like, you know, they, they, she didn't get them, but she was like, like pulling them out of like structures and shit. Yeah, she she she, she, she went into that. She went into um that city where the beggars are, where everything's like been abandoned, and like started just like pulling apart like broken buildings and getting nails out of them. <laughs> I fucking love this. Uh... This is actually just her being like, the king's not giving me much access to my fortune that I, that Rowden left me. I'm doing the best I can here. I only get like an allowance yeah. of whatever per week oh my god i would love if this was like actually happening <laughs> um so uh and then so my, my question after anyways after that that section though was do you think galadon is going to be able to keep these crops alive on his own without his workers so they're already wilting a little i think yeah i think yeah think he's a good farmer i think he's able what do you think mythic ask the question again sorry uh, do you, do you think Galadin's gonna be able to keep it, the crops alive? Mm, no, but not because he's not a good farmer, but because I think the the area is like tainted in some way, shape, or form. Mm, you think the soil's affected, just like the rest of Elantris? I think, I think yeah, I think all of Elantris is cursed in some way. Like it's dying. Mm. That's a lot more. At least for me, it's a lot more evident later when they get to the kiddie pool. So. <laughs> Right. What if he? What if he's sabotaging the? You think Galadon would be sabotaging? It's I, mean, I, orig- I originally thought Galadon was a bad person, but I don't know about that anymore. Uh, he comes out with his actual, like, genuine who he is. Yeah, well, that's what we thought about a lot of people in the last. I, I know, but you know, give everybody the benefit of a doubt, right? Never, never, never again. I mean, I didn't like I didn't like blue fingers from the start, if you remember. Because that man, it just seemed very weird to me. But he was kind of growing on me until he became a bad guy. <laughs> spoilers, by the way, no, I'm joking. I mean, we've already we, gone through that book, so spoilers. It. We covered that book. If, 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 yeah, they're, if they're, they're listening, to, listening to the podcast. No, no one's listening to the start. podcast from, like, partway through. It's starting at Atlantis. They're like, nah, you gotta start with Warbreaker. If you're going in, because nah, we're obviously talking they're like, about nah. What if they don't like that book, and they're just like, you know what, let's start with this one. <laughs> uh, well, then go listen to our podcast on the other one, because unfortunately, I don't give a shiz about no spoilers. Yeah, if we've covered it, there's going to be spoilers. Get fucked. 
Damn! <laughs> disrespectful. Uh, so, Rowden then begins, Speaking of a case in one of his books where a woman had come for healing, but something had gone wrong and her skin had become blotchy, and she eventually threw herself from a roof, complaining that the pain was too much. Rowden notes that yeah. a basic line had been omitted, and instead of just not working, it had seemed to work, but just not finish working. The train of thought caused Rowden to think that possibly they aren't dead, they're just unfinished. They're stuck in a state of timelessness where the door is waiting for the final instruction to complete their transformation. This was a big part that I was kind of like, yeah, what what are your thoughts about Rowden's theory here? Do you, and like, what, what do you think this means for the book? And like, if they're going to be able to ever fix themselves? I think there's a large possibility that they are. And the fact that he spoke about them being unfinished, right? Mm-hmm. And didn't make any sort of connection to the fucking flying light, light fairy things that he was like, oh, they're unfinished. Like, the what? Aeon? Yeah. Well, I think he said, like, um, there was blotches on the Aeon as well, which was, like, causing a disruption. Or was there also, like, their lines were faded? I don't remember. I no, he said um, it looked like it looked like the, the Aeon was broken or, like, unfinished. Mm-hmm. And then... I know because I made a comment about how he should have just pinned it down and finished the Aeon. <laughs> right, yeah, I do remember that. So what do, what do you There's think is unfinished here? Like what? Because he's drawing the Aeons apparently perfectly. Why aren't they working? What What's unfinished? So what if uh, somebody tried to use an Aeon uh, spell or whatever the heck we want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, and they somehow... Cr- didn't write the one line or whatever it is into the Aeon and then it spiraled down and so all of the Elantrians are like basically dying kind of idea like they're husks of their former self and somebody has to finish that one little line or something. That's what I'm saying. That's what I think it's happening. Yeah. And like they're making no sort of connection of like oh. <laughs> I can't. Well I think that's what Ryan is saying is he's like what because he's just like, obviously we're unfinished. Something's wrong. Okay. we got to figure out how to finish the transformation. But but there's a difference between saying something is wrong and trying to do something about it, whether it's going to work or not. Well, I don't know if he's Cause... figured out exactly... I mean, we're going to get to the part later, but like they, they find more books. Like Maybe he'll... You think he's going to figure out what's wrong? Or what they tried to do, yeah. Well, he, he knows... Technically, he knows what's wrong because... He's, he like he says that he the dude that did the magic thing or whatever forgot the specific lines that I he, think he I think um, he said he forgot no, a line. He was speaking of somebody, uh, I think he was speaking about something else though. Yeah, so it, he was speaking this was about a... the fact that she was one of the people uh, the Elantrians were trying to uh, do something like a spell, and they then they just forgot one line, yeah. and it ended up having a a bad effect. Yeah, and this was noted in a book from before the whole thing happened where all the Lantras went down. So the, this is like when, you know, when Rowden went in to get his leg healed, it would be like if when he went in to get his leg healed, this other woman went in to get some sort of disease healed. They didn't do one of the lines in the healing Aeon. And for some reason, instead of just not working like their Aeons are, like instead of just fading and doing nothing, it for some reason caused this like blotchiness and her to basically become this like fucked up Elantrian, and then she killed herself. But normally, a, a, he says that, like, an unfinished Aeon should just, like, not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So it, that that one case wasn't what caused the whole thing. That was just a case that caused Rowden to be like, wait, this is exactly what happened to us. Yeah. So why... But here's, what's that's happening? the thing, right? So yeah. what if somebody... What if they were trying to, I don't know, become immortal or something? Like, and so 
this person cast a single spell and was attempting to cast it on all of Elantris, and then mm. that just created this spiral effect of now they're all half Elantrians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, yeah. like what if like because you guys are thinking that um like that's not like the cause, but well, I was saying that one specific case was specific one was the cause. Yeah, yeah. it's not like that, you were talking about that, that one specific person, but this yeah, is probably- no. Yeah, I meant like in general, like that could okay. be like the like you know the 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 thing that started it in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still going on the theory though that the uh, aeons or no what are what are the what, the what are the little balls of, yeah the, the little balls of light mm-hmm. uh, did something that caused the whole thing. So you think so- somehow maybe that like the seans caused this like yes incomplete caused magic. them to be yeah, incomplete like in some way shape or form. I think I think maybe it was more darkness than you, but I think darkness had said before that he thinks like the seans are somehow connected to who gets chosen. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, I don't know about like, who's. Yeah, I don't know about the who gets chosen part, but I just like yeah. I was gonna say, what if it's like some like second life sort of shit where um if you have a seon, you get like a you know a chance, and then it, that chance is um you becoming that you know like what if they adjusted the the thing that happened that accident, and then you know okay, somehow so, so here's, the thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. With what we just read in the very last chapter, it could be seen immediately, if your theory is correct, Darkness. Yeah, Will, I, I think what Mythic is getting at, because, yeah, we will get to this later, but is Harathan in the next episode going to become yeah, an Elantrian? because that would be interesting. Wait, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Because I forgot he had I a did. Seon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought about it, but I didn't think about it because of the Seon thing. I just thought about it in general. Because I don't feel like people should be... I don't feel like uh, they get killed off that easily unless it's near the end of the book, and we're not near the end of the book yet. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we should continue with this chapter and maybe talk more about that uh, at the Harathan chapter mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end yeah. here. Um, so where was I? Uh, yeah, so after that kind of revelation, Rowden then asks why Galadon seems to want to know why his books are of use and why he's so protective of the study. He also notes that Galadon seems to know Elantris extremely well for someone who claims to have only been there for several months. Rowden eventually feels embarrassed for asking Galadon so many questions, though, when Galadon asks if he can keep nothing to himself. However, Galadon does end up explaining, which I thought this part would really interest Darkness, because he's been all about, like, Galadon's hiding things, Galadon's not who he says he is. So I was like, I was excited for you to read this part. <laughs> um, so we learn that Galadon's father was actually in Al- one of the Elantrians from before the Rio and everything went down. So Galadon had apparently lived with him until adulthood, and the study and home uh, that he keeps going to had been his father's. So apparently his father was a scholar who mostly studied farming, but it was pretty useless in Elantris where you can just turn garbage to food. He was kind of like an outcast, like he didn't feel like he fit in to Elantris very well. Uh, and apparently one day his father woke to his mother dying, a disease that struck so quick that even the Elantrians couldn't heal her. So apparently they can't just magically heal everyone if it comes on super fucking quick and you're like i guess too far gone they're like yeah there's nothing we can do uh so his father became the only depressed elantrian that galadon had ever seen but couldn't leave as even the elantrians weren't wanted uh even then the elantrians weren't wanted outside the city as people didn't like being around others that were superior to them galadon eventually left to become a farmer and his father eventually died of heart death choosing not to have it cured galadon also notes that because he grew up in elantris with a depressed father he isn't the normal light-hearted doula which Rowden kind of had kept mentioning in the past. And Rowden ends their conversation saying he values Galadon's help, and he's one of the reasons New Elantris does so well. So what did you think about Galadon's past and his father? I knew he was an Elantrian. Well, you th- I think 
you would thought Galadon had been an original Elantrian. So Galadon never was an that's... Elantrian. His father was. No, I, he's, I, he's an Elantrian just simply because he is because of his father. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I thought that he was like, you know, uh, like original Elantrian, mm-hmm. and that he was far older than we thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't expect I didn't expect his father to like come into this like at all, but. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently the reason why he's so knowledgeable, especially about Elantris and just studies in general, is because he grew up with a scholar father. And I guess the, his father's love of agriculture is what made him want to go become a farmer. And he got he got cursed to be an Elantrian after the Riodol happened. I mean, is it a curse or is it a blessing? I mean, at this point, it's a curse. <laughs> if they can fix it, it might be a blessing, but currently it's a, it's a curse. Well, if he had never been cursed... And he couldn't be the blessing that Rowden needs. That's true. So I think it's a blessing. Uh, so we then skip to nighttime, and Rowden is struggling to sleep. Uh, he's been thinking about trying to make a con- uh, his brain been trying to make a connection regarding his conversations with Galadon earlier and his like Aeon practicing. When it suddenly comes to him, causing him to exclaim loudly, his friends rush into the room quickly to see what's wrong, but he pushes past them and heads straight for the Hall of the Fallen. He goes up to a Hoed who is mumbling about how beautiful things once were. So before we kind of get to the revelation, were you? Did you kind of ever catch that this guy maybe I, was Lantrian? I I I did because of how like he was talking about it was beautiful or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like, why would he be focused on solely that? And why would they point it out out of all things? But I didn't think it was like I didn't think it was like um how do I say it? Like I didn't think he was like an Lantrian. I think he was like someone that was like you know that was there at some point. You thought maybe he was like someone who like came like, maybe visited Elantris a lot. Yeah, uh huh. Nah, he's just crazy, man. <laughs> uh, so he's yeah, just so... out of his mind. <laughs> uh, so Rowden tries to get the man to speak to him, and eventually just draws an Aeon in front of the man. Uh, and he seems to become more lucid once he sees the Aeon being drawn. And he says he and the Aeons had been so beautiful, causing Rowden and the group to realize this man was an original Elantrian. Resh is shocked, and Rowden asks where the fellow Elantrians who hadn't killed themselves had. Uh, why does this sentence seem to make no sense to me? Where the few Elantrians who hadn't killed themselves and had been locked inside Elantris would have gone. They must have become Hoed. They must have, like, if they were locked in here and didn't kill themselves, like, where else would they have gone, right? Um, so yeah, so there was apparent... And do you think there's going to be other, Elant- like, original Elantrians here? 100%. I think they might learn more from them. Would you? Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Just curious if you guys thought they'd come across any other ones. Uh, so the man then asks to be taken out to the lake. Rowden, Galadon, and Karatas, uh, they don't really know what that means, but they slowly make their way through the city as Rowden carries the man and tries to figure out where the man is leading them, as he can barely even point, he's so weak. Uh, eventually, they end up at a building near the edge of Elantris that Galadon says was a meeting house for Elantrians that he had never been let, been let into. And also Karatas is like, what the fuck? the fuck are you talking about but she doesn't say anything <laughs> she's just she's just like giving them looks like there is something yeah because this man just starts giving away information yeah while just... everybody's around him that's so it's, i was like wait what well i think it's just the three of them so i think he's kind of yeah, just like funny. <laughs> yeah she's like i'm out of hiding information the whole the, this man hiding information the whole time and then all of a sudden he's just now giving it up yeah incredible <laughs> He already kind of, like, was like, fuck it, and told him, so... Yeah, he told Rowden, though. He didn't t- <laughs> what? He's just been like, fuck it at this point. Yeah, he's like, all right, well, fuck it. I guess I'll tell everybody now. Him, him and Rowden are just really bad at keeping secrets. Apparently. Well, <laughs> Rowden like... just can't keep secrets, because, I mean, she was just smart, but... Uh, so the man 
asked to be... Oh, sorry. I was there already. Uh, once inside, they find a large Aeon Rao in the center of the floor, and Karata opens it by pressing Aeon Tay, meaning open, on a wall nearby. But Galvin thought him just, like, shoving it on the floor was what made it work at first. They're like, yes, just shoving on the floor is going to help. Um, below the floor are steps leading down, um, and... Downstairs, they glance at murals on the walls, and they note that it seems like a holy place, and Rowden thinks that the Elantrians weren't as convinced of their divinity as others. They also see a picture of a man flying into a blue oval, which the Hoed calls a lake, and Rowden asks if Galdon had ever seen an Elantrian funeral before. So, what do you think the Elantrians worshipped? The kiddie pool. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what they worshipped, well, but like... Because everyone else called them gods, but, like, obviously they didn't call themselves gods. Do you think they, like, worship Domi? Did they worship something like Yesker, like, uh, like, uh, Galadon does? Or did they worship, like, something else? What if it was that flow thing that that one dude was talking about? The, the door? Yeah. The door that comes through from the other side? Something yeah, like the... what if he was, like, what if they were, like, worshipping not a god or, like, you know, stuff like that? What if it was, like, an idea, like a... If they worship kind of like the the thing that causes their magic type thing, like whatever that force is or whatever. Yeah. That might make sense because like they're, it doesn't seem like they're the cause of it, right? They're just like, they can access it. You've seen these like drawings in the air. Uh, so they then go further uh, into this uh, area downstairs and find a room full of books and no slime. There are also lanterns on the walls. They note that Aeondor must have been forbidden and somehow that means no slime. They eventually make... Uh, so first of all, what, what do you think that means that there's, like, no slime where there's no aeons in the walls? No magic means no curse. Uh, also, why why do you think they didn't want to use aeons in this place? Like, why, when, like, they used aeons the, everywhere else? You know what I think it is? Mm. They cursed them. I, I think that place was more like of a, how do I say it? With words. Okay, we're almost there. Uh, I think that place was more of, like, take your dead sort of place. They did have all this, like, this basically, like, library down there, though, as well. Yeah, but I mean, like... Yeah, the dead need to read. Duh. I mean, someone has to attend to that place, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, like, um... Because I think Rowden says it seems like a holy place, and he's just kind of confused about, like, why would a place they consider holy, like, they not use their magic? That's, like, I was thinking more of, like, maybe it's just disrespectful. Mm. Like, more of, like, more of, like, the... Because if... I have this thing where it's, like, I think they were, like, taking down... Taking the dead down that passageway, which they later go into. Right, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get too into it yet, but um, I just I think it would be disrespectful towards them. So you just think it was like a um, like a religious or cultural thing where they're like, yeah, we mm-hmm. need to keep this place like simple or something. Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts, Mythic? Magic bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so they eventually make their way out through another door that I believe the uh, Elantrian man points out, and then they end up having to go up a mountain, which they can see like. K and the like other cities that were abandoned that were surrounding Elantris. Elantris is so big that like four cities surrounded it. Just wanted to point that out again. It's a big mm-hmm. fucking place. Um, and so yeah, they have to take frequent breaks going up the mountain and switch who is carrying the man before making it to a pool of crystalline blue water that only looks to be about ten feet deep. Uh, and so once they're there, they place the man in the pool and he lets out like a really loud sigh of relief. That causes Rowden to also wish he could just, like, go into this pool, like, be done with his pain and everything. Do um, it. Do it, Rowden. And then he dissolves into the water. Yep. So... In what the kiddie you, pool. What do you think this pool is? A kiddie pool. 
I think that's where <laughs> I think that's where they dissolved all their dead. I mean, it's better than having like you know them buried in the ground. I'm saying it's like they wanted to keep up not just that, but like they not just like keep up an image of like maybe to the outside outside world they're like these like holy beings or whatever. Mm. Holy beings. <laughs> they're beings. Uh, yeah, and they just didn't want them to know and stuff. And also out of respect, like you know, as Mythic said, it's better than just burying them in the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, before they go, Rowden uh, asks Galadon to promise to bring him here when he becomes a Hoed. Galadon agrees with a worrying glance after joking that Rowden was too, was uh, still young to Elantris. He makes a joke at first, and then he's like, wait, you're serious? <laughs> okay, I well, promise. I mean, think, how, how can you promise that, though? Doesn't he believe he's going to be a Hoed before him, though? Well, yeah, I think that's why he jokes. He's like, you're still young to Elantris. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. Like, well, I think because Rowden, why he would agree. yeah. Well, he obviously agrees because he's like Rowden's pretty serious about this, but because Rowden feels that his pain is going to come probably quicker than Galadon's going to give in. Mm. Yeah, so Galadon seems quite worried. Um, and then chapter twenty-six is back to Serene's point of view. She's speaking with Ash and gets confirmation that Spirit is actually one of the gang leaders, and that some people are even saying he used to be Shower. Which I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> Obviously, absolutely fucking no one knew who Shower is, except for the followers. Uh, and she notes that she was worried that she was beginning to trust Spirit and that he seemed honest with her, although now she knew that he had been lying because he was a gang leader. And she also does note that she's uh, that he seems to genuinely care for Elantris. Uh, do you think Serene is going to confront Rowden at some point? Spirit, sure. yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Spirit. Did you say she can't, com- she can't confront the dead. <laughs> They're technically not dead. It's been converting them to. <laughs> I meant, I meant like to her. Rowden yeah. is dead. So technically Fair. stuck in a state of timelessness, as per Rowden's yeah. theory. I think she's like. I think she is gonna confront like Barrett. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we then skip to Serene watching the women practice their fencing. Apparently, they're also wearing like weird like skirt like things over their jumpsuits. Uh, and apparently, they're getting much better. Uh. Serene teases Ian Dell a bit, saying, uh, uh, saying that he, he's saying they're getting better because she isn't teaching them much. Uh, and he gets a bit embarrassed, but Lugal's like, no, no, she, she's literally just teasing you. Like, d- don't worry about it. Because <laughs> he's like, I, I would never. Uh, and Lugal ha- uh, has also gotten the notes on Iodon's finances. Apparently he just barely will be able to keep from uh, being embarrassed and getting kicked out as king uh, due to the deal from Teod. Uh, they also learned that Eden, who had been the one who was struggling the most with the nobles, uh, had fled the country after parts of his land had been affected by the mudslides, and apparently he's now heading over to Doolittle. That was the guy who was like, as soon as tax period comes, like, I'm gonna be no longer a noble. My lands will be taken over from me and stuff. Because that's where the chasm was. Mm-hmm. So, that fucking chasm that appeared. Just like, fuck. <laughs> he just got fucked over real bad. Um, So... My question here was, do you think we'll ever see Eden again, or is he just gone for the rest of the book? He wasn't like... Gone for... I hope he's gone. I hope he never comes back. (laughs) He wasn't really the most important of the nobles. We didn't see him too much, besides him just complaining about my lands! Hopefully he is somewhere where he'll become a farmer. (laughs) Uh, And do you think they'll be able to keep Iodon on the throne? No. No. (laughs) Yeah, Okay. just no. (laughs) Uh, so Serene then tells the woman that they were to accompany her to Atlantis tomorrow with none of the men to show that they are just as strong as their husbands because only only the one girl, Terena, had 
actually joined her. And she's like, none of you are joining me. You're going to get arrested. Here's, here's, here comes my theory, right? Oh, okay. Now that, now that all the women are there, mm-hmm. those people are going to barge through that barricade of people. And it's going to be a attack on the women, you know, now that the weaker people are there. You think that's when they're going to get through is, and it's going to be a yep. huge disaster. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty fucked up. That'd be pretty rough. Well, hopefully they all die except Serene, <laughs> and then she learns never to go to Lantris again. Uh, so Serene also kind of makes some notes here about how she uh, ended up getting respect from the woman and the men of the nobility here, but like in Teod, uh, she's not really part of their groups. Uh, they respect her, but the women don't really converse with her, and the men will never consider her a woman. She says, and this Even is where she... Darkness lost interest in her. This is where you lost interest, Darkness, where she's like, Hell even though yeah. I'm supposed to be married, yeah. no one will ever consider me a romantic interest. Mm-hmm. Is that why uh, what I you said like earlier, Darkness? Darkness. Um, <laughs> I think it's just a pileup of little things here and there that just bug me. So. Mm. Uh. Um, but yeah, did you guys have any thoughts about the fact that Serene doesn't really fit in with the two groups? Do you think that'll change at all? No, because she's going to be the new ruler of this area. She will be the king. What do you think, Darkness? I think she should just slaughter them all. <laughs> okay. Kill them all. She can't be, she can't not be part of a group if there's no group. Make a new group. A group of the dead. <laughs> yep, a group of Elantrians. Hell yeah. I mean, she, she's already got her husband there, so... <laughs> uh, so, Keen then shows up, as pretty much all of his children are currently with Serene, apparently. Uh, and after some talk about Iodon and her trips to into Elantris, Serene asks him about him and Eventio, uh, which is her her original father, not her, her father-in-law, if you remember. Uh, Keen so ref- not, she, she only has one father. <laughs> Keen refuses to say anything other than the fact that it was a gris- disagreement. So Serene ends up having to switch the conversation to asking about secret passages in Iodon's palace. Kin says he's surprised uh, if there wouldn't be any since Iodon is very paranoid. Uh, do, do you have any new theories about Aventio and Kin? The fact that they even, neither of them will say anything? Not really. I mean, they know. Do you have any new theories, Darkness? All my theories were, <laughs> all, to be honest, all my theories were like magic focused. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Just what I ask. Yeah, she asked so that, you know, she can Get us ready for what is to come. I'm just trying to ask some interesting questions, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Serenity then begins practicing fencing herself as she thinks about what all is happening. She thinks Wait, about how she, she fenced. She fenced in herself. Yeah. Oh no! Definitely. Was it a white picket? No, it wasn't. It was just plain wood. Oh no. Uh, so she thinks about how she needs to focus on her wrath and Tellery, but her mind drifts to spirit and she wishes she could talk to him more openly as he seems like one of the few people who treats her like a person. Eventually, Dora comes up to her and implies that Serene likes Shudin, which Serene says she does not, but Dora can't, doesn't seem to believe it's true. Um, yeah, we all know she likes him. She, I mean, she's, she says she has absolutely no romantic feelings for Shudin. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Sure she doesn't. She wasn't even thinking about shooting when Dora came over. Do <clears throat> you have any thoughts there, Darkness? I feel like, well, to be fair, she was thinking about it after, so maybe there is a possibility, but, you know, there's other important stuff going on. Yeah, she's gonna be her. She's gonna have to be with her Rathen. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. They, 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 got, they got a budding romance going, you know? Do they? <laughs> no, you see, you see, what's gonna happen here? I got it all planned out, right? Oh no. Oh. So... Yeah. Karathin and Dilaf are gonna go from enemies to lovers, okay. and then 
And then um, Seren Seren is gonna go with the queen and run away. Uh, okay. Um, God. And Radin is gonna is gonna get saved by Salin. They're gonna fall in love, and then they're gonna rule Atlantis together. And then they're all gonna come back into Atlantis, and they're gonna make one big court of magical people. I see. Perfect. Yeah, and that's a lot of roosters on roosters and cats on cats. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we think it's gonna be our final chapter, tw- chapter twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately the greatest chapter. <laughs> so we move to Harathan's point of view, who is completely shocked to learn that Iodon will likely remain king. He also thinks about how every single Artith has refused to be uh, has refused to head Artith role, except for Dilath, who he has not asked, because I don't think he wants Dilath to be head Artith. Harathan also notes that Dilath has been wrestling control away from him doing a whole bunch of sermons and such without telling Harathan. Even the nobles have been deferring to Delaf, and Harathan didn't have enough time with his other activities to keep control of the church from Delaf. Uh, so what do you think about the fact that Delaf is continuing to take control away from Harathan and pretty much take control of this church? Well, I mean, when you don't have faith, you shouldn't be in control of the church. So He should have already killed Delaf. Like, what? Why are you still struggling? Because he doesn't want to. Doesn't want to kill him. He killed the whole other like place. Like yeah. Well, the thing is, he's he's been trying to deal with it. Like he tried to send Delaf away. He's been trying to like take control back. But like he's he's got to. He deal was with gonna. Like, he, he, yeah, he was gonna. Like, well, yeah. I mean, we'll get to that in a second. He's obviously got a plan here. But anyways, um. So... No, I think he's impressed. Is what he is. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's something. He he's obviously changed his mind. Uh, so Harathan then notes the problem of his wavering faith he found once it had been brought up he was struggling to not dwell on it Harathan falls to the floor and gets onto his knees to pray usually he does more of a meditation but this time he begs for help and apparently he does this for several hours because I believe it says like by the time he like gets uh, gets up it's like dark out and he's like what the fuck (laughs) Uh, so what do you think is going to happen with Harathan and his faith Uh, if anything if if Harathan doesn't uh just straight up die. <laughs> well, I think he's gonna straight up die. So then he's gonna that's, become an Alantrian. Uh, become an Alantrian, and then well, we've got eight more hours minimum with him. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, and then his perspective will change. Man, it's gonna <laughs> on be, his deathbed. Really, he'll be like, it's wait, gonna be really interesting. It's gonna be really interesting. The whole rest of this book is all within eight hours. <laughs> if if that imagine if that's actually how it happened. Yep. The, the next eight hours is the rest of this book. Yeah. Uh, so eventually his prayer is disturbed by a minor underpriest who brings in a box that had been sent for him. He gets up and opens the box, finding four vials of uh, from Fortin. Originally poison! Of think- poison! Jeez. So originally he thinks he wanted to give it to Delaf, but instead he drinks one of the vials himself. Are you surprised Harathan drank the poison? Were you shocked yes. by this? <laughs> yes, I was hoping he- I'm hoping he dies. But honestly, if he doesn't die, he drank it for a good reason, because whoever sent this to him lied. They're not, it's not poison. What do you think, Dark? What if, like, what if, I was, when I first saw that, I thought, like, he was going to, when he drank it, I, I thought he was poisoning himself for, like, you know, to, like, blame it on Dila. Yeah, but how would that further his plans? We'll see. I think, yeah. Yeah, that, well, I mean, to be fair, he's losing his, uh, Faith yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll so, send a new Gjorn, and then suddenly we're, we get point of view of new Gjorn. No. <laughs> Depresso. He's going to be Depresso Expresso, and then he's going to become an Alandrian. Yeah, I, I 
he's definitely becoming a Latvian. So yeah, because so, no I mean, darkness, and you guys were talking about that earlier. Yeah, do you think because he has a Seon, or just in general, uh, he's going to become an Elantrian because he's going to die here? Because one of your theories was that well, darkness had the theory that like the Seons are partially involved, and I think it had also been brought in the past mm-hmm. that like they died anyways and then became Elantrians, kind of like they returned from Warbreaker. Yes, I think they just die and then become Elantrians. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it. I think it would be interesting for it to be the seance, but I don't know. I feel like there's too many seance. There's so many people that were in Atlantis. I, I I think it has to do more the fact that they had or have had, I mean, had or have a, a seance, mm-hmm. and they're related to, like, past Atlantis. Yeah. Well, I think we know that the seance come from Atlantis and come from the same magic. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not saying that, I'm saying they could be a trigger. For the like, you know, transformation, mm-hmm. but I think they definitely have to do something with it because they wouldn't really have. What if? What if? Kind of going off of darkness's theory, mm-hmm. if they're not like having one isn't what causes it. Maybe they're trying to save their masters, and then they end up just turning them into Elantrians because they're attempting to basically bring them back to life. Mm, that's what I was saying about the second yeah. life thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that's why the seans get all fucked up too? Is they use their power mm-hmm. to like bring yeah. them back? Yeah, probably. Maybe they're trying. Maybe it's like uh, instead they were supposed to meld with them, like you know, become one, and uh, what through whatever missed line, uh, they're unable to like fully uh, meld in with their their masters or whatever, and then so they don't become full Elantrians, and they also don't, you know, they're still Seon, but they're crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still think watching one of them just, like, smack into a wall repeatedly would be fun. I don't know why. <laughs> what if you, but what if you were that Seon? Would you think it was as great? Well, I wouldn't, I don't think I would, I would be able to tell. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was the final chapter, just overview questions. Oh wait, we're done with the book? No, done with the chapters. <laughs> Oh, I thought we. I thought that was like the whole episode. Yeah, yeah, you said you said that was the last chapter. I mean, so I don't know. We finished with the chapters for this episode, and so we kind of already went over my first question, which was more: Do you think uh, Harathan's going to die or not? So we've kind of already gone over that. So my next question was going to be: Do you think Serene will figure out who Rowden is at some point? Yes, hundred percent. Or I guess who Spirit is. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Spirit's true identity. Do you think she'll figure it out on her own, or do you think Spirit will tell her? I think, uh, I think Robin's just gonna be like, fuck it, <laughs> and, and just, you know, lay it all out. I don't think she's gonna figure it out on her own. I think somebody's gonna tell her. I don't know if it's gonna be Spirit or somebody else, but mm. I don't think she figures it out on her own. Uh, and so my final question was, what do you think Rowden will learn now that he's discovered all these new books and has this new theory about their situation? Do you think he's gonna be oh! able to figure things out? How to become an actual Elantrian. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, speaking of which, um, we were talking about how, like, food was gonna help the hood or whatever. I was thinking, what if, like, he becomes a full-on Elantrian and goes and actually helps heal them and stuff? Can actually, like, use the healing magic? Yeah. Garbage into food. Eats, my friends. <laughs> and then he suddenly has an, an army of Elantrians in the city. I will clean the entire city with one spell. I mean, yeah, they have to be a lot less worried about people invading them if they're all, like, proper Elantrians. 
Unless, unless, hear me out, instead of becoming proper, quote-unquote, proper Elantrians, they become a better version of Elantrians. New Elantrians. He rises in, yeah, for new Elantrians. He rises into, like, Elantrian premium, you know? Mm, Elantris 2.0. Yeah. Elantris Prime. (laughs) The final form. (laughs) No, no. No, never the final form. They're, they can always be better. But yeah, as I was saying, like, what if, like, what if, like, he becomes that one, like, form? Mm. What if he? Because what, what's the god? What's the god's name? Uh, Domi. Is that yeah? Well, Do- Domi is the one. That? Domi is the one that uh, Shu Korath kind of calls him. Uh, no, Shu Dareth uses um, Jadith. Jadith. That's it. Jadith. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what if he becomes Jadith? <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is the god. Interesting. Uh, don't forget, please. <laughs> forget what? What are we forgetting? I was gonna. Oh no! I was gonna say something and I forgot. Oh. Was it about Domi or Jadith? N- no, it was before that. It was about Elantris Primes. Elantrians roll out. About the books, It was something about that. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, I forgot. <laughs> but. Alright. Well, is that it then? Are you giving up on trying to remember? Yeah, sure. I'll remember the moment the podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um. So, yeah, so we're entering chapter two next uh, episode. No, we're part two, not chapter two. Sorry, sorry. Part two. You're correct. Um, which is called The Call of Elantris. So the first part... Hey, Elantris is coming back. What was the first part called again? The first part was called uh, The Shadow of Elantris. So this part's called The Call of Elantris now. And, so the last, we'll start and, and the last one will be called the Lantris Prime. Not, <laughs> I don't know if I can tell you what the last part's called. The Ascension of the Lantris. Yeah, yeah, Ascension. Yeah. Lantris <laughs> Super Saiyan. It, it, it begins to ascend into the sky. It's the floating city now. Part, I'm kind of curious now what the third part's called. Yeah, tell us. Go ahead, tell us. I was gonna do it. I'm trying to see if I can tell you or not. Uh, I'm gonna Google it. Hold on. Don't. Yeah. I'm looking. Oh, okay. Okay. The third part. I don't think it's. It might it's be a spoiler. spoiler. I don't know. I'm not gonna say it. Anyways. What? Uh, no. That that was so. That was so baiting. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway, so this is called the Call of Elantris. It has a new Aeon at the start. So the Aeon for part one was just the symbol for Ella, which means which stand, which is uh, what Elantris. His uh, name is based on, and the new Aeon is the new one is RA, meaning unity and cohesion. So it's about unity and cohesion. This next part. Which is what I'm saying. This is the chapter where they all get together. Radon finally gets that little dumbass girl to get like together with them. Um, Wait, yeah. what? Oh, I didn't know it was that kind of a book. Uh, so, for next episode, you guys will be reading chapters 28 through 35. 40? Got it. No. 35. That's... 70, 74? Got it. No. Um, you put a minus there, it's supposed to be a plus. Yeah. <laughs> Two, not minus. Anyways, so those are the chapters we'll be reading next time. Um, we'll be getting... Three Rowden chapters, I believe three Serene chapters, and... And no Harathan chapters, because he's dead. <laughs> two two non-Serene and Harathan chapters. Or, two non-Serene and Rowden chapters. Uh, I will not say if they're Harathan or if they're someone else. Have they're to not going to be Eve chapters. 
<laughs> yeah, they'll switch to D-Lav. I don't know, maybe. Maybe they will. What if he's like, alright, get this bitch oh, out of here. He's a... Probably be, probably be more interesting. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so those are what we're going to be reading next time. Uh, so look forward to it. Hopefully you guys will enjoy, and I think we're we're really starting to get into things. <laughs> it's like... I don't know, I feel like this is when, like, Rowden... After, like, the last chapter with Rowden, this is when, like, Rowden's stuff is, like, really amps up. Because you get more information now about, about like, the Elantrians and their, like, l- their little lake thing and stuff. And that you know about the lake. <laughs> Enjoy. You mean the kiddie pool. Yeah, the kiddie pool that's ten feet deep. Yeah. You can stack two kids on top of each other and they'll still drown. I say throw that little girl in there. <laughs> Shower? Yeah. Alright, so yeah, thank you to everyone who is listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, And please look forward to our next episode. Bye! Bye!